Hey, what's going on there? It's me, Bosco. Not like you know who I am or anything, but who cares? Uh, I'm here with that. This is for the archives. This is for the archives. This is for the archives. This probably won't be seen by anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Most likely. (laughs) But, uh, so, I don't know. We're going to talk about Dr. Strangelove. Personal favorite of mine. Or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Do you gotta say the whole fucking thing? Yeah. No one cares. No one cares. That's the subtitle of it. No one cares about the subtitle. Anyway. uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Um, You know, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Mm. You know, probably the best director of all time. But, you know, I'm biased. He's my favorite. He's my personal favorite. But, anyway... Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, just watching this again, I'm just like, yeah, this shit could totally fucking happen. <laughs> I know it's goofy, but I'm like, this shit can, this shit can, this shit can fucking happen. I mean, think about it. Just one rogue, one rogue agent. I mean, I guess there would have to be some doomsday device in place for it to exist. You know, there's a sense, I think, in the, in this movie of, of the mundanity of um of Armageddon and 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 the doomsday um weapons and whatnot um because like I feel like you know I think when people think about the dooms the doomsday nuclear Armageddon they probably think um you know like there'd be like some whole complicated process behind it and like all these fail safes and all this like countermeasures and measures and I guess it's kind of shown in the movie you know like they have all their codes and their top secret stuff and whatnot and but yeah yeah no I get what you're saying um like the the mundane aspects of that I I I don't know when when I see this movie I mean it's obviously an anti-war movie right is it I mean I think it's just like the inevitability of war it's. It definitely feels like a a a Cold War era piece. Oh yeah, like for sure. When was this made? It's a um, a satire, satirical look at like Cold War anxieties, Cold War fears, and how like the uh, eventuality of a doomsday nuclear Armageddon might play out. You know, and nineteen nineteen sixty four. So. Yeah, that's pretty right in the, the thick, thick of the Cold yeah. War. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a movie that plays on like the Cold War fears, you know. Um, but um, I mean, well, dude. you you hear the president at one part. He says, um, "Man, he's like, I thought I'm the only one who had the authority to do that, you know." He right. didn't realize that, like, you know, and then those guys kind of explain to him how there's like this top secret code R. Mm-hmm. That gives like just this one general, General Jack D. Ripper, the authority to uh, initiate a nuclear strike and then kind of sever all communication. And basically, there's no fail safes for that, you know. So it's like it's like the the fear of the Cold War kind of being out of the hands of even your most trusted leaders you know and it could come down to one crazy deranged jack d ripper to be like oh 
I'm, I feel like we've already been invaded by communism. They've come for our bodily fluids, as he says. Well, World War One, World War One was started by one man. Was it? Well, I mean, it was like a collection of things, but like that was like the ignition to the powder. The keg. powder keg thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I get, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to operator. Operator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, there's some. Of well, I'm sure stories. there's, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's great mental health, you know, things, but you know, for the for people in the mili- active military, <laughs> I'm sure that there. <laughs> there's some of those stories, you know, from the Cold War era of like near, near calls. Mm-hmm. Like there's the one, the famous one that happened in America. There's also a a Russian equivalent of this story, although I don't know what the Russian one is, but in America. I don't know, sometime in the 50s or 60s, some guy, they're in this bunker somewhere, somewhere, I don't know, and um, and they had seen something come on their radar that, like, it, it signaled a nuclear attack, like, they had different levels, and it was, like, the highest level saying, like, these are nuclear missiles inbound, America's about to get blown up. And so, like, they went through the whole process. They got set up like they did in this movie. They got the papers out. They clicked all the buttons. They, you know, removed the fail-safes. They were ready. And, like, it came down to one guy, one random general. And he was standing there, and then he was, like, at the very last minute, he was, like, hold on, this doesn't feel right. And he called it off. And there was, it turned out to be an error. And there was an equivalent story that came out of the Soviet Union after the Cold War ended, where something similar had happened in the Cold War, where a base had had a, had a functioning radar thing where they thought nuclear missiles were inbound, and they got ready, and then they're like, never mind, you know? And that's, like, a prevailing thing that I think is interesting about the Cold War. It's like, both sides, the Soviets and the Western powers stood there, nukes pointed at each other being like, I'm not going to do it. Is he going to do it? I'm not going to do it. And they're both, I think, were thinking that collectively in the social conscious of the public and even up to the highest leaders i think the prevailing thought was this is just this is here for our protection because if they're going to do it they're crazy they might do it but we're not but we need this in case those crazy people do and i think both sides were looking at each other thinking that and really what it could have come down to was one rogue operator being like fuck it i'm done i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna you know, launch an attack and sever communications in my bunker and, and hold up and, and, and let Armageddon spill out onto the world or whatever. You know, like, what, what do you, how do you, like, does the humor in this movie make you laugh out loud? Is it laugh out loud humor or is it like, ha yeah, humor? No, yeah, it's definitely not, like, a quiet <laughs> laugh out loud yeah. humor. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's like a more of a. It's more of like a subtle humor. I, I, th- I, I think I think you call it a, a black humor. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, like just the little things, the little juxtapositions. You know, like we we're pointing out in the beginning. You know, the everything there says. You know, peace is our profession, and and at the end, the code, to, yeah. the code to to not blow up the world is there's some some variation of peace P-O-E, P- yeah. P-O-E, peace on earth yeah, yeah. our peace yeah. on earth whatever yeah you know, so it's like that juxtaposition or you know the guy in his office Jack D River has that poster it says peace is our profession and right next to that picture like you pointed out is the plane dropping all the bombs you know yeah. and then when the when the soldiers are fighting American versus American it's like 
you know, all those signs that say that are getting shot up and blown up and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, hey, Kubrick's the master, dude. He's the master. He's like, I mean, he can, he can, there's literally not much he can't do. He can't, like, and this is like, this is early on in his, you know, you know, I, I think, I think personally, like, back to that question, I think it is an anti-war film. Because I think, um, like, the whole point of it is, like, to be like, look how fucking, look how fucking ridiculous these people are. And you know what? I mean, look, who's, who was the fucking general under Trump? That dude was a fucking, that dude was mad, a, they, they literally called him Mad Dog Mad. <laughs> yeah, Mad Isn't Dog. is a weird nickname <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the guy's what name was Buck Turgeson, right? And then Jack D. Ripper, but fucking Mad, Mad Dog. And they were on Burpleson Air Force Base. <laughs> Burpleson. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, I don't know, I I, I think, I, first off, like, general's, like, such a weird position. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about it, like, um, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, I think, I mean, I, there's, I mean, of course it's a fucking great movie. Um, I can see some people being like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's dated, but like I, th- I think someone like that would be fucking wrong. Why? Uh, it's not fucking. I mean, because like. I mean, the Cold War is past. The Cold War is past. I, don't I mean, think but, the majority of Americans think, think don't about share it. that anxiety anymore. I mean, but people are still fucking pushing. I mean, fucking MSNBC still pushing RussiaGate shit like it's fucking like it's so hot. I mean, if nuclear war, I think still is in the back of the mind of of even you know, younger younger people, younger Americans, younger people in the world. But, like, it's not, like, an immediate threat, like, I think, you know, other things have taken No, I, I don't think over. it's an immediate threat, but you can even see, like, in our political si- situations nowadays, I mean, look what's all going on between between the U.S. and trying to get that I- the Iran deal back together. Mm-hmm. You know, probably one of the better things Obama did, right, a- end of his presidency, and... The, the gall we get out of the fucking Iran deal and and then we get then we get mad at them for like hey you guys are stockpiling nuclear arms well all these countries want nuclear arms as a deterrent be right. it North Korea Iran because we're the, the bad re- guy and it's like Pakistan and India they're both nuclear powers because we're the bad guy and both those countries have have nuclear arms because the other one does yeah. and you know it's basically just a deterrent a deterrent and I don't think there's any other than a rogue operator, I don't think there's like a a collective government or peoples on earth that would be like pro nuclear war. Yeah. Like you'd be hard pressed yeah. to find people. But like all these countries, everybody can kind of look at the other and be like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. When they talk with the Russian ambassador in the film, you know, he's like, well, we built this doomsday machine because we thought you guys had the doomsday machine, and they're like, we don't have a doomsday machine. And Damn, like, I wish we had Pretty one. sure you guys have a doomsday machine, and then yeah. that's when Doctor Strange Love. Kind of comes on and it's like yes, perhaps a doomsday. But, but okay, look at look at this shit. I mean, like literally, what they were blaming in the beginning is like literally the thing that they're feared of. I mean, it was the same during the Red Scare, but mm-hmm. the thing they're afraid of the most was fucking communism <laughs> or yeah. so-called communism. You know. Yeah. Well, th- tell me what you think about this. What did the general mean when he kept talking about bodily fluids? He mentions that several well, times he can't when bust, he's first. Dude. When can't he's first, bust. He can't bust, when dude. He's first he's talking fucking, to the British guy. Well, think about it. The one guy's name is Turgidson Boner. Turgid. It's another mm-hmm. word for hard. Mm-hmm. You know? And then at the end, what does it fucking end in? It ends in, like, 
Oh, ten, ten women to every one man in the mines? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we gotta repopulate. At the end of the day, I think what Kubrick's saying is it's literally a fucking dick-swinging contest. That's mm-hmm. what fucking, you know what I mean? That's, there, there is a lot of uh, weird, like, kind of, like, subtle se- sexual, at, like, aspects in it. Like, I you mean, know, the... The general, the one, the one Dr. general. Doctor Strange Love, he talks like this, you know. He mm. seems very aroused. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, with getting hard. Mm. <laughs> like against the guys, like the guys, like I'm worried that they're gonna take my bodily fluids. The bodily fluids. The yeah. bodily fluids. <laughs> you know. And when and, he writes the letter, he's like, he's like, I have to do this. Because communism's spreading and they're coming for our bodily fluids. You know what's you know what's the funny thing? This movie was made in 1964, mm-hmm. and they were they were still talking about fluoride in the water, and that's still something fucking nut jobs still fucking talk about. Yeah. I fucking I work with someone who literally he he like that's what he talks about. Like he talks like oh, I don't drink tap the water. Fluoride in the water. Oh, yeah, dude, that's such. That's f- been a long time. Um, um, conspiracy theory. That's, yeah. that's been a longer one, even it's, since Alex it's Jones still, first peddled it's, it's it. It's still around. I think. I think there's some truth to it. Um, I think there might be some truth to. Oh, here we go. To to something <laughs> like uh, well, a, a minuscule amount of, of of fluoride in not a dangerous level. Yeah. But you know, this is something. You know, the theory was about it was that it, it, it like it, it fucks with your brain. So people, right. so the governments would put it in in the water to make their public dull and more easily manipulated. No, that's just you fucking. Know? That's mainstream media, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you dumb. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. It's weird though, you know. I don't know. It's, I mean, even though this movie was made in the sixties, I think obviously it's still ties to today I mean like I said like you know communism is still one of the you know that's still like you know a red scare that still lives on in America I mean even just down to you know even just you know social you know social you know democratic policies of you know just it all gets lumped under communism I mean even fucking Joe Biden's being called the he's like trying to usher in the communist left and I'm just like it's it's it, it, it never it puppet. never it never it never fucking changes. It never fucking changes. Well, they think that Joe Biden is is a puppet for the socialists. I wish, I wish, but you know, I don't know. I think, uh, you know. Do you think the president and Doctor Strangelove is a socialist? Because from the very start, he's he's doesn't want nuclear war. He wants it called back, and he seems oddly enough because in most films. Where the president's in I bet it. you he the was a I bet is, you he was a neolib. The president <laughs> is kind of a, a a bumbling buffoon. Yeah. In a lot of films, but in this one, he's kind of the voice of reason. In a but he's way. also kind of a buff, like kind of a bumble, like he kind of bumbles a bit, you know. So? He's a bit of a bumble, but to me, he he strikes me as the more as the voice of reason. Um, story. how so? The voice uh, of, of composure. I don't reason. know. Just like he's like, all right, yes. Oh, I'm very sorry. Oh, I'm sorrier than you could ever be. Well, that's what he's talking with this, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. which might be the most laugh out loud exchange. Yeah, you know when he's having the exchange with the with the Russian president <laughs> Dmitry. Yeah, you know, I, I, of course, I would do, just love to call the talk. Do but. Do you like? Do you think like? Okay, this is like kind of like off topic, but like, do you think like with like world leaders, 
like they they like they like they go like how come you never call bro you never call, bro. <laughs> you, never call bro. you only call when something's wrong <laughs> yeah, well, when, i'll call the chat I, I call the chat but i had to call now because something's wrong <laughs> something's wrong but sometimes i'll call the chat yeah i'll note it i'll call again next time just to chat I don't think that makes him a buffoon, though, having that conversation. No, no. I think that just makes him kind of just goofy. And if anything relatable, I don't... I, You know, I'm trying to think about what is the president, the character in this movie, the role of the president mm-hmm. character, you know, is... To me, he does kind of seem like, you know, a more tempered, even-tempered character, you know, and a little bit more, you know, the most weirdly... Um, down to earth i guess he's not all wrapped up in in all the military jargon and all the military stuff and protocol you know he's surrounded by all these generals you know right. plus dr strange love, you know but okay okay but think about this this could definitely happen basically mm-hmm. when they were talking about the 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 plan r which you know you know was to detonate what was it like 400 mega 400 million megatons or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um like, and it was signed through, a, like, an emergency bill. Tell me that doesn't sound like some shit we'd do. We'd sign it, we'd sign some bill where, like, the military gets, like, extrajudicial powers and fucking, you know, and in times of an emergency. Well, that does exist. Yeah. I've, I've heard of it before. Um, there's a, there's a contingency, there's several contingency plans in the U.S. government, the U.S. military. As far as I understand it, like, they'll try and rush elected NDAA. Elected federal officials to different parts, like NORAD's the famous one, mm-hmm. you know, under the Colorado Rockies, is that, like, all high military command will be taken to two separate planes, and the planes will be, like, heavily fueled, and they'll take off, and if America's, like, you can't land on, on, on America, like, the skies would be the safest place during a nuclear Armageddon, so that these planes would just entire continuously circle the American coastlines, and basically the military would run ground operations and direct what remains of the country from these two plans. Like, the military, it comes down to whoever is alive, but top military generals. It is a contingency, they do have contingency plans set up like that, you know? Yeah. So, of course, like, I definitely, yeah, of course, I think, you know, weirdly enough, like, a lot of stuff in this movie is like, yeah, definitely it does exist somewhere in the deeper, darker corners of our military and our government, you know, but, you know, you never expect it to come to light, you know, that's why I think the president's surprised about it, you know, the president kind of representing, representing, you know, people at large, the the public at large is kind of like, what, how come, how come I don't know about any of this, how come you guys can just do this? And they're all, they don't... You this know, those, is a deep state, brother, let me tell you. Those guys <laughs> that, that have the title, the Megadeth, whatever, the generals of Megadeth. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so know? fucking metal. So metal. <laughs> they're kind of, you know, they try and explain it to him, and they're just like, that's just the way it is. That's just the way we set it up to, uh, you know, in in, in order, in an event of this. In this event, they literally say, right. for this eventuality, right, this is right. how it's set up. Right, they expect the worst. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the, yeah, or their plan. They plan they're for the worst, worse. and their contingency plan basically falls back on them getting it, being able to make all the shots and like call all the shots, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it's kind of like a side note. It's kind of like more of like a, I guess like I don't know if you say philosophical, but like, all right, like think about like dropping a nuke, right? I mean, mm. we we're we're basically the only ones that have done it, right? On another country. On another country. On human beings. Yeah. Like, 
like my whole thing is like you know if we ever did get into like mass nuclear warfare right like if that became like a, a reality of life right that that happened uh-huh. like at a certain point, like, I'm like, what's the point? Because it, like, ravaged, like, like you know, they were saying there, like, oh, the half-life of thorium is, like, a hundred years, you know? It's like, why, like, what's the point if you bomb everything out that it's just a fucking wasteland? Like, you want to live in a fucking wasteland? Like... Mutually assured destruction. Right. I mean, that's why the Cold War ended, I guess. Yeah, and that's why nothing ever happened. I think, because, like I said earlier, like, I think everybody... You know, aside from the rogue operators, I think everybody in their hearts and in their minds knows that's a bad decision. That's yeah. a bad call, not just for the sake of humanity, but the sake of yourself. Not just for the, you know, not just for your country or, or your military or whatever, but, like, for everything that exists. Like, you know, it's, like, out of the question, but it's, like, it's like one of those weird things. It's game theory, you know? It's, like, it's, like it's out of the question... Nobody in their right minds had no even even if you're the most one of the most evil people on earth, you know no most people in their right minds aside from the few mad dogs, you know would ever go through with it, you know because it's just it just it, the the conclusion's already assured the conclusion <clears throat> that you know what's gonna happen you yeah. know what's gonna happen it's well okay well the end of the world you, essentially well you know it's, you know it's something interesting just tying it to like current day like you know. One of the things Trump ran on was pulling out of, you know, the Middle East, pulling out of, you know, Iraq, pulling out of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know, um, and a lot of the times, you know, they would come and they'd be like, okay, we can increase, we can increase our, you know, our presence there, and, you know, tr- he said, you know, how do you want to take out and take all the troops out, you know, mm-hmm. but, like, it, behind the scenes, it was basically the generals were all, like, basically blocking him from doing it right and he see like okay we'll we'll see if fucking joe biden sticks with it but you know um with what what he says september 11th right Mm -hmm. um but um you know and and it's just like i don't know it makes me think like man like how many how much power do these fucking generals have (laughs) you know what i mean i don't know yeah i'm not familiar with uh well i don't know i just i i just i just i don't know I just think uh, we'll, not, we'll, we'll always have senseless wars. I think a lot of times they still have to answer to the president as they do in this, in, in Dr. Strangelove. Like, they still have to answer to the president. They still end up in the war room in the Pentagon. But I think that a lot of times but the they du- kind of make executive decisions themselves. That's and what I'm then, saying, yeah. And then explain their decisions. Exactly. Rather than, rather than, get, get, the, get the military lawyers and be like, all right, how do we spin yeah, this? Rather, you know, rather than, you know, first consulting with the president and then, or, you know, the nation at large, you know, would be the, probably the better move. Basically, the, the theme of this movie is, is that the deep state is bad. I feel like before <laughs> a nuclear war should happen, there should be like a quick emergency vote and the entire population gets to say yes or no nuclear war. <laughs> well, it's like, it just like shows up on your phone. It's yeah, like... Bo- <laughs> yeah, both, yeah, everybody would get it and then you'd you vote yes and then all the people that vote yes, you'd just be like, Why? <laughs> you remember um i don't know it just it's got me thinking of missile attacks but you remember like it was dur- i'm pretty sure it was during trump's presidency but like when there was that uh there was that m- there was that missile strike on on hawaii so-called like mm-hmm. remember and they were like all alerted like that was when north korea was having their big old build <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like just imagine like like imagine 
like how I don't know why I keep saying like because I have a terrible vocabulary I guess um <laughs> but like imagine what it would be like to like be one of those people and be like oh shit a bomb's gonna drop what do you fucking do I read a story online that that um when that happened I don't know this, this I, is online this so take it with a grain of salt but yeah. that someone saw that come across their screen and they're like oh my god the bomb's gonna land in two hours what do I do and they're all like and they looked around, and the only other person there was their si- was their sister. And so no. <laughs> thinking dude. that a nuclear Armageddon was about to destroy Hawaii. Twenty one here for and you. Twenty twenty one. This was in twenty whatever. <laughs> this happened. Yeah. And and so yeah, and so they had wild crazy sex for two hours. Oh my god. And then and then the alert came down, or however long until the alert came down. And seems said, like it seems like that brother was looking for an excuse. Said, he was looking said, for an excuse. And said, no, you false alarm. You know, you know. So those two had to fuck their respective sibling, and then and thinking that they're about I to mean, die they, in a nuclear holocaust, <laughs> and then a, and then a false alarm comes and says, never mind. I I don't. How awkward do you think it was when that? When oh, the, was, if, if that was a true story, and they I mean, thought they were going to die, so they're just like, let's get it on. Until we blow like, up. Like I said, I think I think that guy was looking for an excuse. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think... Like, okay, like, what comes to my mind... How mo- do you recover from that after the false alarm comes? How do you... Oh, you kill yourself. <laughs> you kill yourself. I mean, like, there's no way. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen videos, too, of, like, just... I mean, that was just a funny story. You know, you know, what, you know what I do? Uh, you know what I do? What? I'd probably go to the zoo mm-hmm. and then, like, ch- like, try to ride a giraffe or something. If they have one, yeah, yeah, and just try to ride the animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just go to the. I just go to the zoo. I don't know why. I drive around drinking and driving like crazy. Yeah, huffing drugs. Yeah, huffing paint, drinking gasoline. Mm. Yum. Driving like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're on Hawaii. Where can you go? That's like the worst place to be if they if you to get a nuclear missile Here, incoming th- because you can't drive far away. Like you're on an island. Here's a, here's there. the thing. Back to that story. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm sure there's homeless people in Hawaii. You couldn't try to go and fuck, try to find some homeless Maybe girl. Like five. <laughs> I, just, I don't think. Do you, is there any homeless in Hawaii? Maybe. I don't think it's common to be homeless out in Hawaii. <laughs> that would be pretty rad. <laughs> Maybe like beach bumps. Just surfer dudes that live in vans. I mean, yeah. Like active, like you're think you're thinking like San Francisco, Santa Cruz style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a large population <laughs> like that in Hawaii. <laughs> well, how do you get out there? How do you get out? Because you know, people grab homeless people gravitate towards cities. You know, it's sure. Hawaii is like so. Isolated, yeah, yeah, they don't have know? enough money for you a flight. Can't hop on the train. Yeah, <laughs> they swam there. Yeah. Right. Um. All right. Well, I think. Uh, I think this is a great movie. I think... I mean, look. Look at us. We were already connecting it to all this shit today. It's a, it's a must recommend. If you're like, you know... It's about nuclear war. It's about nuclear war. Um, fascinating. Fascinating. Thought experiment. It is. It really is, you know? about nuclear war. You ever seen um, the, the YouTube video about this game called DEFCON 5? It's another... No. Um, 
kind of a thought experiment about the, about nuclear war, and it basically starts off and it goes to these different levels of DEFCON. I'm like, DEFCON one is like pre- building up the military, right? And then DEFCON two is like strategically positioning it. And there's other players playing. Like everybody's playing against each other. And then DEFCON three is like fighting, like ground forces, boots on the ground, whatever. And then DEFCON 4 is, like, the highest level of military fighting until finally it reaches DEFCON 5. But everybody in the game, all players have nuclear missiles, but they're locked until DEFCON 5. And when DEFCON 5 hits, everybody launches their missiles and destroys each other, and everybody loses the game every time. There's never a winner in the game. As soon as it gets to DEFCON 5, everybody just launches their missiles like crazy. Yeah. The military studied this game, has used it as a, as a, as a tool for studying, and <clears throat> you know, there's I've I've heard you know other you know people you know talk about it too. It's just like you know, it's just that idea of you know mutually assured destruction. There's no winners in nuclear war, you know, and also it comes back to also the other thing I like to think about with nuclear armament at least is the idea of game theory you know and that's you know not explicitly stated in Doctor Strangelove but it's that idea of like oh if X has nuclear weapons and I don't then I lose if I have nuclear weapons and X doesn't then I win and they lose but at the same time you gotta be aware that your opponent the X figure is always thinking the same thing about you so the end result is always both people have nuclear weapons and it ends kind of in a stalemate most of the time or destruction right. the only way to win nuclear war is not to play you know wanna play a game so, <laughs> wanna play a game there's no solution to nuclear wars just don't do it and, <laughs> don't um, do it <laughs> nuclear di- disarmament is probably the move yeah. yeah, here's one more random thing. You know, when you were living in Santa Cruz, did you ever see in the 90s sometime there was like a huge anti nuclear proliferation uh, protest in Santa mm-hmm. Cruz? Did you ever see things written on the sidewalk? Yeah. About like it was like scratched into the cement and it was like no nukes and stuff like that. And that statue that's near downtown, near the clock tower, mm-hmm. that weird looking one that looks like people like grabbing each other. It's supposed to be, it was a sculpture made by this artist that was supposed to be a family looking up as a nuclear bomb dropped down on them. Oh, lovely. And there's like this huge, you know, anti-nuclear protest there in the... um, yeah, in the in the late nineties, I think and you, you could still see the re- the marks that yeah. you know people were were big on that. You know, I think nowadays it's you know kind of become a a, a you know like a back thought for most people. Like we're yeah. talking about in the beginning, you know, I don't think it's in the forefront of most people's minds. Like if you went around and asked people political issues they cared about, I don't think no, nuclear too, yeah. proliferation would be even in no. the top ten of the common. Maybe Americans. in the early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, like even in you know we we're going back to the past century the 20th century yeah. you know um you know i don't hey. think nuclear destruction is like even a top 10 concern of most americans but like you, you know they exist and nuclear weapons are pretty terrifying and there's no there's no good outcome to nuclear armageddon it's everyone the world is destroyed and then a few people live and they get 10 women for every man so <laughs> that's the win I guess if you're the Nazi scientist <laughs> <laughs> shit well yeah <laughs> um yeah you got any of that yellow cake bro got that yellow cake yellow cake but I mean 
Just, I mean, like, you could just pull up YouTube and throw videos on of nuclear bombs just to see, you know, what it looks like. You ever seen that video? Well, there's, well, that? Well, there's, the, there's the one that, of course, you know, I, I first heard on Joe Rogan, because I'm basic as hell. But it was that Robert Oppenheimer one where he's like, I have become death destroyer of worlds. Mm-hmm. Well, when they said, <laughs> I've heard reports similar to when the scientists first watched the fir- first nuclear bombs, like, people were, were like, crying. That's how insane it was to see. There is, I, I and, used to, and then the generals were all hard jerking off. <laughs> I used to, when I was, several years ago, it wasn't even that long ago, it was a few years ago, I would, I haven't had a dream like this in a long time, but I used to have these string of dreams, right, where I would be dreaming, doing something random, it wouldn't even be like a nightmare, well it would turn into a nightmare I guess, but like, I would be doing something, looking out a window, walking down the street, and all of a sudden in the distance, I would like see a nuclear explosion. And this was like, there were different dreams that it would happen in. It wasn't always the same dream. It would be like different scenarios in the dream. And I'd be doing something, and all of a sudden in the distance, I'd see like a, a mushroom cloud rising. And I'd be like, oh my god, there's a, a nuclear bomb just went off over there. And then there. you just like, went about your day. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I would like, it would get fucking scary and I would wake up. <laughs> and so, I would just like it if you just like, what about your day? Just like, oh yeah, there's a nuclear explosion. It just went on like over the course of a year and like, uh, and it kind of captivated me for a little bit afterwards. Like I was kind of like, like had like a little bit of an obsessive, um, you know, spur online and research and whatnot where I was like, looking up uh you know nuclear videos stuff about radiation because radiation is also terrifying but um um you know and i came across a vice video where it was literally titled it was what does a nuclear bomb explosion feel like and they went and they interviewed these old like british how it feels to chew five gum british essentially (laughs) they went and interviewed these old like british officers and whatnot that when they were doing early nuclear tests they had this idea that they could nuke a place first and then send in soldiers bad idea but they thought (laughs) they thought they thought and so they wanted to see how like you know having soldiers near a nuclear explosion how people would react to that because you know before this was just scientists man who got that shit gig who got that shit gig they were talking to these guys oh it was a very shit gig because they were talking to these guys they're old men at this point and they were like so they were out on a boat and they're miles miles obviously very far away they launched, set off a nuclear explosion, and they had them sit down and face away, and they had to, like, cover their their eyes with their hands. And they said it got so bright when the bomb went off that you could open your eyes with your hands still covering your, your face and see your, your the inside of your body glowing. Like, you could Hell see yeah, your dude. bones like an x-ray. And that's, like that's, see, how, that's, how, that's how X-Men starts, and dude. And see blood vessels pumping around in their body and they said people started to freak out and they stood up and they told them not to stand up until after the shockwave came and they stood up and it blew blew everybody that stood up back like you know meters whatever and then finally they stood up and they said you know and they, they're like okay look at the explosion and they were got up expecting to see something in the distance and they got up and they, they were like it was above us it was so massive it was like everything in front of us and it was like the cloud was just like above us hovering they're like i've never seen anything so massive they said soldiers like broke down started crying started freaking out some were just in awe just staring it was like and they and they said it was like one of the most incredible sights 
that they never wish they saw. Oh yeah, you know. And well, there's they, there's like there's like a bit of like a morbid beauty to like a to like a nuclear explosion, like the way they look. There's like just something about it that it's like it's morbid as fuck, but like the explosion itself is beautiful in a way because it's just it's very. You know, I mean, it look it's crazy. It's a crazy thing to it's a crazy thing to fucking launch. You know, it's, it's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, well, hopefully, Power. hopefully we don't die by a nuclear explosion. That, that would be, pretty blow. I would. It would probably be better to be closer to the epicenter. Yeah. That way you could just get vaporized because dying Dude. of radiation poisoning does not sound fun. That's what happened to the. So wait, soldiers. you're telling me you're telling me I'll turn into vape. <laughs> I, what happened? Uh, what happened to those soldiers was yeah. that, in later in the interview, they said that a lot of them got radiation poisoning, yeah, that cancers, makes sense. Yeah. infertility rates, child yeah. defects, birth, yeah. birth defects. No X Men superpowers. Nothing cool. No, unfortunately, the real world and real radiation merely just eats away at your cells, and you get cancer, and your children are born with furry hands or something and a club foot. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fun. Nothing fun. <laughs> Man. Well, I think I think I think that's pretty good, yeah. Sure. Yeah. A little talk conversation about nuclear nuclear warfare. warfare. For the first but podcast. I think final thoughts for this. You want to go first, Zach? Um, final thoughts is um, I think it's a it's a good movie. Um, I like that it's black and white. Um, I like that it's kind of has this little bit of an aged effect to it. Um. Uh, I think the ideas in it are also, um, you know, ring true, like we like we said, um, you know, the Cold War anxieties and you know, the ideas of nuclear destruction, you know, and no. and the uh, line of chain of command, yeah, and how you know that stuff works is you know much more exploitable, much more fragile than. I think we realize, you know, and our government is a lot more dysfunctional and uncoordinated than we'd like to believe. Oh, yeah. You know, for having uh, doomsday weapons. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's it's probably, I mean, obviously The Shining. I think The Shining is my favorite Kubrick movie. Um, but, you know, this one... This one was, like, one of the ones where I was just like, man, like, like, Kubrick made a piece of satire that still rings true today, and I think that's about, that's about what you would hope for when you do satire, so, Mm -hmm. I think Peter Sellers is awesome, I mean, dual role, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'd definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it, um, and you like to think about nuclear destruction yeah nuclear destruction yeah you won't have any nightmares you'll be completely fine um so i think that about does it uh i'm here with zach and uh it's been the bash brothers you know talking about movies tell a friend please right on